It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It is a Monday. We're going to make this... A mock draft Monday. We're going to talk about the Orlando Magic's options. Go over my latest mock draft as we get ready for the NBA draft on this Monday morning or Monday, whatever you're listening to. Whatever day it is, it's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is May 29th, 2023. Uh, have a Memorial Day. Uh, you're not supposed to say happy Memorial Day, but it is kind of the unofficial start to summer. Uh, so whatever you're doing to celebrate Memorial Day, whether it is remembering someone, a family member perhaps, who uh, fought in a war as a veteran, it, it just does some service to you or you're out there at the beach having a good time. Have a good day off if you are if you have the day off. My name is Phil Prosperike. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicGale.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, I just published my latest mock drafts. We're going to make today a mock draft Monday. We're going to go over what I think is going to happen in the NBA draft, the, the top of the draft especially, the tough choice facing the Magic at number six. And whether the Magic can get their guaranteed shooter at number 11. We're going to go through some of those options, go through some of those permutations. We've talked a little bit about this. Some wild card options for the Orlando Magic as well uh, as we get ready for the NBA draft. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, this great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code 
locked on. Obviously, people still having a good time here in downtown Orlando. So obviously, um, you could go anywhere and, and, and find a mock draft. Um, you could find something, you know, someone having some opinion uh, about how this draft is going to go. And, you know, what I always like to say, say whenever we do these kinds of exercises, whether it's a fake trade, whether it's a mock draft, is you don't want to just take everything at face value. Like I have people who send me comments and we're going to talk about some of these prospects and some of these kind of wilder things just saying, Hey, you know, I saw a mock draft that said the magic are taking this guy. Uh, they're going to do it right. They're going to take this guy. Or, you know, uh, I had someone who has commented several times now saying there's a lot of people, there's a lot of so-called experts saying the magic are going to trade up to three. And I'm just like, look, we had that conversation on the podcast last Monday. I don't think it's anything there. There's really no reporting substantiating it. What mock drafts are supposed to do is they're just supposed to present you the scenario um, and present you what could happen. NBA teams do this mock draft exercise too. NBA teams go through this process of trying to figure out what's going to happen in the draft and, and, and try to go through the different permutations and say, okay, if this team does this, then what happens? How does this draft board shake out? It's all about preparation. And that's really what this is. At this stage two, I would say a, a mock draft almost acts like a big board. We've done big boards before. I've gone through my big board, particularly when it comes to the magic, but it acts a little bit of, okay, like what does the person making the mock draft value? On my like mock draft 1.0, I probably valued shooting a little bit more than talent. Like the, we're magic fans. I'm a magic fan. Shooting's at a premium. I know how rare it is. And so I probably overvalued shooting. And I think on uh, Mock Draft 2.0 that I published on OrlandoMagicDaily.com on Friday, I probably adjusted the, I, I probably overcorrected and said, okay, I'm going to focus on talent. You know, I thought about need, especially, and especially when I get later in the draft, I, I don't think about need as much, but I thought a little bit more about need and what teams need and, and realized that, you know, go back to my truism, talent should win. Talent still matters take talented players. It's it, it's sometimes really that simple. Uh, and so when we look at, at the mock drafts, when we look at how things shake out, it's it's really opinion. And so, you know, let's let's take, for example, obviously Victor Wembanyama is going number one. On my latest mock draft, I still have Brandon Miller going two to Charlotte. And look, I think I wrote in my, P, in my, in my post about it, it's like, I think Charlotte's going to end up taking Scoot Henderson there. Um, and when I do mock draft 3.0, when I do another mock draft closer to draft day, I'm probably going to put Scoot Henderson there. And obviously we'll get a little bit more information. That'll help kind of clarify some things as well. So the reason why I would say Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson is because Charlotte's got Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball. You know, Charlotte, you know, while... I don't know what they actually believe they're going to be or, or what they can ultimately accomplish. At a very baseline, they've been in the play-in tournament the last two years, and the only thing that kept them from being in that contention again was LaMelo Ball getting hurt and missing most of the season, and then Miles Bridges uh, being out the whole year. And obviously, good reason for not re-signing Miles Bridges. Brandon Miller, to me, approximates a lot of what Miles Bridges did. 
And so while you're giving up some of the upside with Scoot Henderson, you get a sure thing and something. And, and look, Charlotte's been a weird team. They seem very content to be in the middle a little bit. Um, I, I don't like the fit with Scoot and Lamelo. I think ultimately you'd have to trade one of them. And, and I don't know if Charlotte's ready to have that conversation. And, and I, honestly, I think Charlotte's at a level where they feel like they should be a step up and, and, and do something that's a little bit more win now. It's, it's, it's tough. And again, you get into a lot of this internal debate about what do you do with fit and what do you do with, um, with, uh, with need, fit and need versus talent. And, and I'll tell you at the top of the draft, talent should always win. So again, I'll repeat this. I do think Scoot Henderson's ultimately going to go number two. He's very, very talented player. I think Brandon Miller is going to slot in very comfortably at three with Portland. And I think he'd be a very, very good fit in Portland. Allow them to go down that two, two track path that we talked about last week with Mike Richmond. Um, I have Amen Thompson because he is just so incredibly talented. He's getting compared to, uh, to, De- to Derek Rose a little bit. I have him at four. Talent has to win out in some capacity. And, you know, I think this mock draft and, and what we'll talk about in our next couple segments here, I have did a major focus on need. It, it, this mock draft that I published on Friday was very much my first time thinking about team needs. Because when I do my first mock draft, I don't care about the, the lottery order isn't set. So it, it doesn't feel real yet. It's just more like, okay, let's let's see how this plays out. Let's get a sense of who might be available for the magic because I build my prospect list of guys that I want to review. And we will get to prospect uh, profiles coming up later in the week. We'll talk Jordan Hawkins. We'll talk Taylor Hendricks. We'll talk Cam Whitmore um, coming up here very, 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 very shortly um, in, in a little bit more detail, a little bit more magic centric. Um, you know, again, if you miss it, Richard, we had Richard Stamen on of Locked On NBA Big Board uh, on the pod last Thursday. We 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 we've hit on a lot of these prospects, and we're just we're going to kind of continue to do a global look at things. Um, this this mock draft, I really started to think about fit, and so I probably went too far on the fit um, in a lot of ways, and and I'll I'll admit to that 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 that's a flaw. That's part of what this exercise is is go too far in one direction, see what it looks like, then reel it back in. That's why we revise these things. That's why we do these things again over and over and over again and and try to come up with uh, something resembling a consensus. So I've revealed my top four. I'll tell you who I have number five in my mock draft. And the difficult choice, considering all this that we just talked about, that the magic face at number six. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Prize Picks. Every day of the NBA playoffs and finals coming up starting Thursday, one Prize Picks user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern time will be randomly selected each day. And whoever placed that entry is going to be given a six-pick flex with following payouts. Six correct picks will get you a million dollars. Five correct picks, $80,000. Four correct picks, $16,000. It's really, really that easy because... Most of the time, I know when I play, I'm getting four of those six correct. I'm, I'm still getting in the money. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at the link to, el- to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. So how do you play prize picks? Well, glad you asked, because prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. It really doesn't get much easier than that. All you have to do is pick two to six players. If they go on to score more or less than their prize picks projections, 
You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals. There's, they're currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida, as well as Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So let's get to... The Magic's pick. I, I talked a little bit about the way that I, uh, certainly how I approached this mock draft. Um, we talked a little bit about how I would look at other mock drafts. Again, it's 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 more about the information. It's about, okay, like this is the player. This is generally how things can shake out. I've seen some mock drafts that don't take need into effect really well or, or misdiagnose what the Magic need, mag, Magic need. But when we get to it, this having two picks in this draft, Barring trades, we're not going to talk about trades yet. But having two picks in this draft gives the Magic quite a bit of power. You notice on my little rundown, which is over here, I'm still getting used to it. Um, new, new, new studio. Hope everyone's loving it. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, not a single thing's different for you. Good job, everybody. No, no, no. I, I appreciate all my my listeners, both pod, audio and visual. Um, but if you're watching on the YouTube, I do have a nice little rundown over here. You see that. At 11, I kind of say guaranteed shooter at 11. And that's because the way this mock draft worked out uh, and the way that it seems like most mock drafts are working out is the Magic are going to get their pick of shooters at 11. So I'm going to address that in our next segment. At number six, though, if the Magic feel comfortable that they're going to get their shooter at 11, and again, I'm big on this. My goal on draft night is get a shooter. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter how you get him. Get a shooter on draft night. That's that's my main goal on draft night. So if you're comfortable, you're going to get your shooter at 11. What do you do then with number six? That gives you the opportunity perhaps, and this is kind of the game theory of the draft now, picking at number six, no, thinking that, okay, we're 
pretty confident that Grady Dick or Jordan Hawkins are going to be there at 11. That means you could take a little bit of a swing. Take a guy that may not be the perfect fit or, or, may, or, or may need some development at six. And I probably t- took some heat in the, in, in the comments section. I'll probably take some heat here with who I took at number six. And again, please feel free to do so. Um, essentially at number six, the Magic seem like they're going to have the choice of Asar Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Jarris Walker, Taylor Hendricks. And I've seen some people throw Anthony Black in there, so I'll throw Anthony Black in there as well. And why not? Kaysen Wallace as well. That's six players. Um, some of these guys might actually be available at 11, so why not throw Grady Dick in there at six as well? But a lot of people, the consensus seems to be that's a little high for him. If you are comfortable with one of those players at six, and, and judging by most Magic fans, most of them are very comfortable with at least taking one of those players. Then it just becomes about taking the right guy. Now, in, in my mock draft, again, published on RolandoMagicDaily.com back on Friday. I'll, I'll try and provide a link on our Facebook page as well as on my Twitter account at philiprr underscore omd. I believe it is the pinned tweet on Orlando Magic Daily right now. If not, I'll take care of that after I after I leave this 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 broadcast room. Um, I took. I had Detroit taking Cam Whitmore at five. Uh, and the reason for that is that the Cam Whitmore fits them really well. Again, I, I would say on my mock draft, on my mock draft 2.0, I put a little too much emphasis on fit. Um, I think Asar Thompson would fit there really well um, as another ball handler to kind of take pressure off of Cade Cunningham and Jay Nivey, help them be a little bit more spot-up shooters. But both those guys need the ball in their hands. Asar Thompson is going to struggle a lot without the ball in his hands. Um Cam Whitmore to me seemed like he'd be a good fit because good defender, good tough defender, uh, can hit spot up shots, can attack a little bit off the dribble. Whitmore feels like a very good pick for Detroit, especially with all the centers that they have, especially with the ball handlers that they have. They can slide Whitmore in with those guys, and I think he'd be very, very good. So I had Whitmore going five. That takes off a player off the board that I'm I'm not particularly fond of. Um, I there are things that I do like about him. I see why people like him. So I, I don't want to dismiss him. I'm not going to be upset if the Magic do end up taking him. I just have my concerns, especially with how he fits with this team. Similarly, I have concerns about how Asar Thompson would fit with this team. However, Asar Thompson is so talented. Um, you know, you know, we talked with Richard Stamen on Thursday about this. Richard said that Asar, at the very least, is going to be a good defender. Um, you could see him playing a role as a defender. And having that role be established fairly clearly, I think is a very positive thing. Um, I think that that does matter. But the shooting is a concern, although it did start to come around and percolate a little bit during the playoffs. There's a lot of people who just don't believe that that shooting is going to come around. If the Magic believe that Cam Whitmore shooting will come around or Asar Thompson shooting will come around, take those guys. Talent has to win. If they're not sure the shooting is going to come around, then I have some real questions. Um, I got into this debate or I had someone kind of mention this to me uh, online saying, you know, I, I, you know, just saying, Hey, Philip, I, I think you're caring a little bit too much about next season. I think you're caring a little bit too much about making the playoffs next year and wait for the locked on mock draft. You know, yell at me then it's coming. I did some things. 
um, that I know every, a lot of people are going to disagree with. I know that people on the broadcast disagree with. I'm cool with that. I was happy with what I did, but I will admit I have a, I don't want to call it tunnel vision. I don't have like a win at all costs uh, mentality about next year, but I do think the magic have to take some very serious, actionable steps to set themselves up to be a playoff team. And, and, you know, they got to make, to me at least, they've got to get a rookie that's going to contribute in a meaningful way to a playoff team. And so for me, drafting someone who is not a good shooter or or just a non-shooter does not work. If we're going to build with Jalen Suggs, if we're going to build with Markel Fultz, they need guards who can shoot next to them. You know, you could get away with maybe one non-shooter on the floor with a guard and make up for it with a center or forward who can shoot, but the Magic need shooters that defenses are going to respect. And they're going to let Asar Thompson shoot all night long. They're going to let, I think Cam Whitmore can bring them around, um, but they're going to let Cam Whitmore shoot. They're going to let an Anthony Black shoot all that he wants. Anthony Black, I really like him. He's a great defender. Probably the best best perimeter defender in this draft. Um, I put Jairus Walker as the other one. Asar Thompson's up there with them defensively, but Anthony Black's shown that he can do it at a collegiate level. Um, he can't shoot. And his free throw percentage isn't good either. That concerns me. I don't need more guards. If I'm the Magic, I don't need more guards that can't shoot. But talent matters. Talent really means something. So with the sixth pick in my mock draft, I ended up taking Taylor Hendricks. Uh, And and look, Hendricks is a safe pick. At the very least, he's going to be kind of like a Trey Lyles type. You know, can hit an outside shot, can defend a little bit, maybe not at a starter level, but he'll be in your rotation. He'll, he'll run the floor. He'll get some nice dunks. He'll have a few big games here and there. The talent will come out. Is he destined to be a star? No. Cam Whitmore's built more to be a star. Asar Thompson's built more to be a star. Anthony Black's built more, more to be a star. Kaysen Wallace is built more to be a star. Kaysen Wallace, very similar to Anthony Black, although I, I, I rank Kaysen ahead of Black a little bit right now. Um, good, to, Really good defender. Better offensive player than Black. Not much of a shooter, not much of a finisher at the rim. So I, you know, I think a lot of people want Casey Wallace to be like the next Tyrese Maxey. Maxey struggled with his outside shot at Kentucky. I remember talking about that during the draft process. He shot eighty percent from the foul line. Um, so the the, the evidence was there that the shooting was going to come with Maxey, and we saw that a little bit develop this year with the Sixers. We've seen that. We've seen that come to the front. Essentially, you know, when you look at number six for the Magic, then. It is at the very heart of this question of talent versus need. If the Magic go with talent, which maybe they should, get some high upside guys, another bite at the lottery apple. You know, they're there. This is probably our last year picking this high in the draft, hopefully. Um, If that's the case, talent wins. Asar Thompson, Cam Whitmore, those are your picks. If it's about fit, if it's about guys that will help this team, that that can still grow, obviously, but help this team win, I I really think it's Taylor Hendricks. Um, He may not be a star. He may not be able to attack much off the dribble, but he's going to run the floor. He's going to defend. He's going to protect the rim. He's going to protect the paint. He's going to step out and hit hit jumpers. That three-point shot will come around. There is a lot to like when it comes to what the Magic can get from a guy like Hendricks. I have Hendricks sixth in my mock draft, you know, get uh, over Asar Thompson. Um, but certainly I am willing to listen to, 
to debate on that. And, and I'll put that debate in, in the comments and let you guys debate that as well. If number six is a battle between potential uh, potential talent and team fit, that makes number 11 fairly easy. We'll talk about the options at number 11 and how the draft might shake out. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So when it comes to this Magic team, Obviously, like shooting is everything. Um, you know, again, it's it's not gonna go away until the magic do something about it. If that that I think that makes sense. The magic need shooting, plain and simple. They need guys who could put the ball in the basket. They need guys who are gonna spread the floor and make teams think about them. And so. It certainly feels like the pick at number the pick at number eleven is a lot simpler. We'll see how the draft shake shakes out. I had a Star Thompson going seven, followed by Anthony Black at eight, followed by Casey Wallace at nine, followed by Jarris Walker at ten. Maybe there's some switching and changing there, but at the end of the day, at eleven. It feels almost certain the Magic are going to have their choice of Grady Dick or Jordan Hawkins. And if Dick isn't there, Jordan Hawkins is a perfectly acceptable option um, at number 11. I I am almost zeroed in on Hawkins at 11 unless Dick is there. And even then, I'm I'm debating whether I would take Hawkins over Dick, to be honest. Um, I really like Jordan Hawkins. I really like him. Good athlete. I think he has, uh, I think Grady Dick is probably a smarter basketball player today, and then he'll always be a, a pretty smart basketball player. But Hawkins shoots on the move. I, I think there's room to expand his game, whereas Dick is already very good at what he does. But I'm not sure his game will ever expand beyond that. And so I think, I think there's a real debate there. Again, it's all about talent versus fit. And finding something that meshes well is is really, really important. But, you know, again, my goal in this draft is to get shooting. If the Magic do not come away with a shooter in a trade or one of Jordan Hawkins or Grady Dick, I will be upset. I will be on this podcast. I will be saying the Magic failed in this draft. I'll be saying they did not accomplish their goals. I don't care what's coming up in the, in the running and free agency. Maybe I will reserve judgment. To change my mind, if they end up getting a premier shooter in free agency, you can never have too much shooting. An opportunity to get shooting for cheap is not something you can give up. I, I will I will repeat those words, maybe not verbatim, but that's how I feel today about this draft. 
the Magic have to come away with shooting. And this draft does appear to be setting up for them to do so. It does appear to be lining up for them to get the shooting they so desperately need. And that's exciting. Again, knowing that there is a, a very good chance. Now, could someone jump up and take Grady Dick before between 7 and 11? Yeah, absolutely. Does it feel like they're going to jump up and take Jordan Hawkins? Not really. I don't think so. And so knowing that the Magic are, again, maybe someone takes Dick and then someone tries to pull an Alfred Payton on the Magic and say, hey, we'll take Jordan Hawkins and force the Magic to go get him. Then again, I, I don't, you know, Rob Hennigan did not play his hand very well there. Jeff Weltman is not going to tip his hand. He will, he will, he will go to the off. He'll go to free agency uh, rather than give up an asset for, for something. And again, I'm a big believer. If there's a player you really, really like, go get him. It doesn't really matter what the cost is. Um, Jordan, you know, Jordan Hawkins is not the guy to sell the farm for. Grady Dick is not a guy to sell the farm for. The only guy that's really, the only three guys that are really there to sell the farm for are Victor, obviously, Scoot, and Brandon. I'll give you Amen Thompson if you really like it. I'm not sold on that. You know, maybe you really like Anthony Black. Maybe you really like Kaysen Wallace. This draft, this draft does not scream a lot of star potential to me. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of moving around. Again, maybe the Magic can play a couple teams off each other and say like, hey, we got six. If you really want Taylor Hendricks, or you want to make sure you get Kaysen Wallace over Anthony Black, trade up to six, take him here. We'll move back to eight, nine, ten, and grab the guy that we want there. Um, again, that's I don't think that's a crazy thing. Um, the Magic should be the ones with power. They shouldn't be trying to move up or move around a little bit. Um, in my mock draft, I have the Magic taking Greg Dick at 11. Uh, I do think he's ultimately the best shooter in this draft. I think he's someone that, that you do have to keep an eye on. I think he is someone that plays really smart and would fit really, really well in this team. You might have to hide him a little bit defensively um, because he's not going to keep guys in... He's not necessarily going to keep guys in front of him as effectively. Um, but I, but you know, again, I think that he, he's certainly a, a very, very good player as, as well on, on that front. Um, just kind of going through the rest of my lottery. I have Oklahoma city taking Leonard Miller from the G league Ignite at 12. Uh, I have Jordan Hawkins at 13 going to Toronto. And then 14, I have Kobe Bufkin, definitely a guy to keep an eye on for the magic at 11 decent shooter at the point guard position. Decent defender. Just has a lot of things like pretty well. Nothing like that stands out significantly. Um, you can see my full first round mock draft on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I just went through kind of the first 14 picks here. Went through some of the, the, the decision-making uh, and, 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 and kind of storylines, I suppose, um, that will sit with this Magic team uh, as we get set uh, for the draft lottery. But definitely a lot to get through, a lot to think about for this Orlando Magic team. But... That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Get your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. Relates on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. We want to thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. If you're part of our everyday crew be sure to tune in tomorrow. We're going to talk about Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Plus, 
We'll chat a little bit about the Magic's clutch strategy this season, what they may have learned, what they may have gained from their inconsistencies late, and what that says about this team moving forward. We'll talk about all that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.